Yeah. And even I fall out of the habit sometimes. And, and then I am so mad at myself. And so it's not worth it. And I have found out that like over time of just continually asking these questions that the people that I sleep with actually gain more respect for me. Yeah. And then that sets a tone in itself because now they, they're not like, oh, she just wants to fuck. Like I do, but I also have respect for myself and I also have boundary. And if you can't meet me where I am, then this isn't going to happen. But the slide in that pussy is a homicide. Welcome to Hookup Horror Stories, the podcast where we share our worst hookup or dating experiences. I'm Demi Wild, your resident sexual deviant, and today I've got a very special guest deviant for you. She is a certified sexologist, tantra practitioner, and the host of the Embodiment of Sex podcast, Sunshine Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. That was like not even words. I don't know where... Welcome, welcome, welcome is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I got it. I'm there with you. (laughs) I like it. Like we were just explaining, I was just here. I was awake super early this morning for no reason at all. Um, You're an early riser as, as we, as we stand. So (laughs) that's where we're at. Yeah. So we're just going to flow with it. We're going to go with it. Yeah. Um, but before we get into anything, just be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcast, and that'll help us out later on. Mm-hmm. So Sunshine, I know we've kind of like had a relationship for a little while, but can you tell our new yeah. listeners, because this is a new show, what yeah. you do, where you're from? Hell yeah. So my name is Sunshine Ryan. Um, I am a biracial single mother of five. I like to just throw that in there just to throw people <laughs> off. No. <laughs> and they go, what? No, um, I view myself kind of uh, like, like a freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. And I choose to fight my fight using my sexuality. So my sexuality, I feel like is a force to just be reckoned with. And with that, I'm a sexologist, right? So I'm a sexologist. I'm a certified Tantra practitioner. Uh, I'm a lover, right? Like I'm just overall, I think I'm a badass. No, <laughs> um, I think I feel like I'm a goddess in human form. Totally. I'm going to go with it. It's something you got to claim for yourself, right? Completely. I also work at the hospital. So I work at the hospital. I do, um, I help new moms with birthing and then I help them just support them with like the transition into motherhood. So are you like a, a doula? So I actually work at the hospital for support. And I, I do have a background in doula, mm. doula ship. What do I want to say? Uh, <laughs> and, and doing a lot of birth work. But right now it's, it's through the hospital and I kind of just do uh, more new mom support. So like if they have drug addiction, drug addictions, if the mothers are um, addicted to something and now the child is addicted to something mm. or if there's like domestic violence or, or if they're just new moms, just 
scared to be a new mom, then they send me in and I just kind of help support the transition. You know, that's such amazing work, by the way. And I couldn't name very hard, very challenging, I'm sure, but I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better person to to be handling that. Oh, I love it. It, It's, it's, it is like perfectly suited for me and, and my upbringing and my background and just who I am. So I love to be able to share that part of me with people. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned you're a, 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 a single mom of five kids. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that? That's also hard. <laughs> 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 Not going to lie. Um, it, it is very rewarding to be a mom of five. You know, uh, they love me endlessly, like unconditional. If I ever had a definition of unconditional love, it would be the love that my children show me. Um, however, it's tiring. I get tired. I'm, I'm a tired mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it is, it's hard because you don't, I well, in my case, I don't always have the means financially because everything I pay for is times six. So it just, it takes a lot out of you. So, I mean, it's all about balance. And I think, um, really tapping into my sexuality helps me just keep that balance because my sexuality is mine, right? It's not my kids, it's not anybody else's. So if I can really allow that to like blossom and bloom and kind of guide me through life, then I can do all of these harder things. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. How does that translate like with your with your kids, for example? Like when does sex come up like with your kids? Usually something really silly, but <laughs> <laughs> but often you find like a, a sock or something under the bed and you touch I'm it on accident. You, man. So I have <laughs> I have four boys and then one daughter, and she's the youngest. Oh boy. So the word penis is probably said about 10 to freaking 25 times a day right <laughs> like you go outside and you'll see the penis drawn on your back window and I'm like who did this like I don't I don't yeah so um but being a sexologist kind of shifted that right so uh, I there was a point where I was afraid to be open with my sexuality um but I'm not anymore so there are penis models around my house and there's vagina models and there's just <laughs> stuff so they have definitely had to confront that very early yeah. Um, they probably don't understand exactly what I do, but they know that it's more like psychological than just like working on Pornhub. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So they can see what I do is a little different, even though the term sexology, uh, everybody has a different idea of what that is in their head. Yeah. So it's kind of been nice. And then I had to really just break it down to them. Like, I've been through a lot of trauma. I've been through a lot of sexual trauma. And so this is why I don't let you out at night. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you have to bring your girlfriends home every single time. Exactly. (laughs) So it's, it's been nice. So we're pretty open with each other. Um, It's still growing and changing as, as everybody grows. How's your oldest or like, how old is your oldest? He's 23. Okay. Yeah. He's a man. No, I'm joking. grown grown person yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. <laughs> um I was just curious have you ever seen sex education I never watched that oh my god you I would really love it. need to I know it's on my list of things to watch yeah I I really visualize this like family dynamic kind of like a little bit like Gillian Anderson in oh, yeah. sex sex education because like it's such a great show first of all but like yeah. she only has one son but you oh, have- yeah five kids that you right. 
right definitely yeah I, I i feel like that sometimes especially when we go to like uh like family events and they're like and this is sunshine and then they'll be like she's a sexologist <laughs> and i'm like here we go here we go <laughs> kind of like a party trick you know you yeah pull it's that like out. a party trick da -da -da -da! no <laughs> <laughs> exactly um so like how how does dating work for you do you date do you how are you in a relationship no for all of us really <laughs> what are you talking about no uh i am single i am i am very single uh it's hard to date so i one of my really good tricks is making men run away uh <laughs> <laughs> really good at that i'm so good at it um as soon as you're like oh, by the way i have five kids they're like what? <laughs> no uh, <laughs> i gotta like, go <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're, they're like you're so sweet <laughs> i'm never gonna call you again yeah, so um so much. yeah that is is something that i've had to deal with it's my truth right yeah so, uh, so I told myself when I got divorced that I would probably be single for the next 10 years. And so it's almost been 10 years. Uh, mm -hmm. I got a couple more to go. And really what I've noticed is that those 10 years I needed for extreme healing. Sure. And so, uh, a lot of the relationships that I've had during these last 10 years have been pretty superficial. Um, uh, and, and it kind of hurts my heart, but, but I have grown so much and I know what I want now. And I know the love that I'm looking for and all of that, I wasn't capable of handling before. Yeah. So, so it's really helped me grow. So, so I am now in this place where like, yeah, I'm single. Like, do I want to be in a monogamous relationship? Like that would probably be hard for me at this time. Um, and, and so dating kind of, my ideal date would be that I don't date anybody that lives in the same area as me. <laughs> I have really strong rules about that. Uh, I don't like the idea of like running into them at the store. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of them like seeing me with my children. Yeah. So I'm very uh, particular about like, where do you live? Like needs to be like at least an hour or two away from me. Uh, I've always kind of been that way. I really enjoy my privacy. <laughs> so that's the first thing. You can't live in the same city as me. So usually what I do is I'll talk to somebody and then we usually plan like a sex date because if I'm coming over, then we're fucking. I can say fucking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I need that. That's really what I'm looking for. And that might sound superficial to a lot of people. But again, I'm a single mom. I work a lot and I need sex. You're right. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I've been chasing all those kids around all the time. You like you need a release of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually will set up like really nice sex dates. Um, and those will be planned. And I go through like, hey, when's the last time you've been tested for STIs? Are you clear? Because I want to get down dirty, right? Like I don't want to play. I don't want to waste my time. I don't mm -hmm. want any if ands or buts. So we go through all of that like pre- pre-qualifying <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I actually, I actually wanted to bring this up because that's what I was just looking at right now. Is because uh, I was reading, I was listening to your podcast one day, and mm-hmm. you had all these vetting questions that I felt were like really kind of an important thing, especially when you're just meeting someone. And I wanted to to bring up, and I wanted to get your uh, reaction to some of these. So I don't know if you remember all of these. Yeah. But um, uh, when was the last time you were tested? Which you just brought up. Mm-hmm. Do you do any risky behaviors? Mm-hmm. What is your orientation? Yeah. Relationship status. Right. Relationship rules. Yes. Which is another big one. (laughs) Yes. What will it mean emotionally if we sleep together? Yes. Which I wanted to pause there for just a moment. Like when, when we sleep, sleep with people, obviously Mm -hmm. like there's, there's a connection, whether you realize it or not, whether it's a transactional type thing, but there is kind of an emotional bond that gets connected. Right chemically in the brain obviously but also like what what does it mean to like emotionally sleep with someone yeah so here's the thing like are you sleeping with me because you think we're going to be together for a long time (laughs) or are you sleeping with me because because you're just have needs and you're hungry Mm -hmm. or like where where are you coming from mentally I want to know that Mm-hmm. like are you planning on seeing me again or is this like a one-time thing um are you looking for someone to get attached to like I I want to know all of that that way I can mentally prepare myself for what yeah. I'm getting into also because I know that if I'm going to sleep with someone that emotionally I'm going to be open yeah. but if they have already stated to me that they're not looking to carry this on then emotionally I'm prepared for that as well yeah it's just kind of like an honesty factor. Like meet me where, let me meet you where you are so yeah. that I don't come in and like throw in these other expectations. Yeah. Um, what are your other expectations is another question that, mm-hmm. that you brought up. Do you have a mental illness? Mm-hmm. Which That's a hard one. <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to, aren't really going to explain what it is that you are trying to hint at here, you know, perhaps right. like you're dealing with an addiction problem, perhaps mm-hmm. you're dealing with, you know, other types of mental illness, like a, a psychosis or a depression, right? Whatever it might be. Right. Um, how often do you masturbate? Hell yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you have sex? Which is, I think is another way of asking like, what's your sexual style? Mm-hmm. Like, are you gonna, are you gonna be super rough? Are you gonna tie me up? Like, I need to know these things like, <laughs> again, so I can prepare myself. Oh, that's exactly. not what I'm looking for. Or I'm down. Like, let's do it. Yeah. 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 I, I wrote these down because I felt like I needed to like have these myself because these questions are so great because because this is called horror stories, right? Yes. You could save yourself so many horror stories if you just ask these questions. And these are really? deep questions and they're hard questions to ask. Yeah. Trust me, it's taken me a lot of practice to be like, hey, <laughs> but here's the thing. I love me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to like open myself up to somebody that I can't like ask these questions to. Yeah. If you can't answer these questions, then we can't sleep together. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's extremely, you know, it's number one, it sets the tone for a connection. Number two, Mm -hmm. it saves you a lot of trouble and stress Mm -hmm. (laughs) by asking these questions. Right. 
but also that you you prepare yourself like you said to like whatever the situation might be like if you are preparing for something emotional if you're preparing for something transactional mm-hmm. if you're preparing for something just simple down and dirty whatever the right. case may be which right. I think a lot of people just get it out of the habit of asking types of questions like this. Yeah. And even I fall out of the habit sometimes and, and then I am so mad at myself and so it's not worth it. And I have found out that like over time of just continually asking these questions that the people that I sleep with actually gain more respect for me. Yeah. And then that sets a tone in itself because now they, they're not like, oh, she just wants to fuck. Like I do, but I also have respect for myself and I also have boundary. And if you can't meet me where I am, then this isn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. A whole lot of self-love there. Oh, hell yeah. Like (laughs) a lot, like I have a lot. So I'm, I'm going to ask for protection. I'm going to ask and make sure that I'm safe because my core desire is to feel safe. And my core desire in sex is to be able to open myself fully. And if I can't do that with you, then I don't see any point. Yeah, completely. Mm -hmm. I did want to ask you, this isn't something that I haven't or that I haven't quite explored with this show, but it is part of why I started it. Yeah. It's actually, um, this is actually a a passion project of mine that I've started like maybe two years ago. It started off as a podcast and it became my blog and now it's a podcast again, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to explore a little bit of like sexual trauma of Mm -hmm. stuff that I've experienced, stuff that other people have experienced. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to get your, because you're so open about this, I want to get your perspective, feel comfortable telling whatever you want to. It's yeah. totally up to you how, however you want to explain it. But I wanted to like explore where sexual trauma comes in and like how to heal from said, said sexual trauma. <laughs> so that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I have a lot of sexual abuse in my past. Uh, I've been mm. attacked by men in the dark in the subway. Um, I've been raped. I've been drugged and raped. Um, I've been beaten. I've been beaten. I've been, been given the ultimatum, like either you have sex with me or I'm going to beat you up. Right. Like a lot of things like this. So, um, so how do you move forward? Right. How do you feel safe again in Mm -hmm. your body? And so that (laughs) first takes the desire to want to feel safe in your body again. Right. Yeah. There comes a point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be the victim anymore. And I'm gonna face this dead on. So what I started to do, and we'll get into this more, even when I start to share some of my horror stories, um, is that I started to study Tantra, right? Mm -hmm. And so with Tantra, there's a practice of um, yoni massage or vaginal massage. And so so the idea here is that maybe in your mind, mentally, you have forgiven the experience, or the scenario or the trauma, right? Or maybe you haven't, but let's say you have, you're like, okay, I forgive that, but your body has not forgotten. And so your body is carrying around this energy that is just like waiting to almost be triggered. And so what we need to start to do is release what you're carrying, release that energy. And so the best example that everyone usually gives for that is like an animal in the wild. When a lion goes to attack the deer and doesn't get the deer, the deer will stand there and then shake and just shake and shake and shake. So what does that do? That releases the energy of almost being eaten. (laughs) Right. And then the deer just goes on when it's like us humans, we don't do that. Mm 
we store the energy. And usually when we store the energy, it's in our pelvic area. Mm -hmm. And it just sits there. So if you don't actively try to release it, then it just gets stored there. And this is how you start to create diseases in your life. It's usually stored trauma or stored um, stress or whatever, right? right? So we start to move it through touch or through movement or through meditation or through connection. Like we use all of these methods in order to start to free that trauma from our bodies. So it's, it's somatic healing at that point. Yeah. And then I've even had people like work on my yoni, which sounds really weird. Uh, <laughs> so instead of me giving myself uh, vaginal massages, I will hire a professional and they have walked me through like so much trauma. Uh, so in the massage, the person is touching you. And then what will happen is that you'll have a release, mm -hmm. not an orgasm, like an emotional release. And then they stay there. And then you have your, your, all your emotions are allowed to come out. And so that's you working through it. Yeah. So I started to do these practices for years. Like I've been, I've been doing on Tantra and sexuality for like eight years now. And so each year it gets a little better. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> the more I can release. Right. And so, like I said, I know my core desire is safety. So now yeah. before I'm open, I have, I have to feel safe. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like it, it kind of ties back into those questions. Again, you have to like ask these questions in order to feel safer with the person. Mm -hmm. And also just being vulnerable with somebody. It's so scary because if you ever look at the definition of vulnerable, it means you open yourself to being harmed. <laughs> yes. And, and there's a lot of truth in that. Like we ask people to be vulnerable, but that's so scary to be vulnerable because you can get hurt. Yeah, right? completely. It's kind of a dangerous place, but there's also exceptional healing in being vulnerable. There's also just this like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to let this go. And I'm going to allow what's going to come up for me to come up. And then I'm going to feel that emotion and then I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to adapt and I'm going to change and I'm going to keep growing. That's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely. Now, one last thing before we get into um, the story, which yeah. I, I'm very excited for, <laughs> um, or several stories, whatever you have cooked up for us. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to discuss a little bit about Tantra as well. I, I prepared for this interview because this morning, because I was up so early, I actually yeah. did a 30 minute Tantric yoga practice. Okay. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It's been a while since I've done a little bit of yoga, but I wanted to hear a little bit about your experience with that. How does Tantra, which ideally a lot of people have have the mistaken uh that tantra is equal to sex mm -hmm. it's not always the case mm -hmm. it's a little part of it but there's mm -hmm. other stuff that goes on along with it as well what's yeah. your experience with that so tantra means literally to weave light and sound with form mm -hmm. and you're like what does that mean so it means to weave like a uh, mantra or a meditation with light is like visualization with form which is the body right so Tantra is uh, actively um, turning on the senses, right? So we want to start to move through our senses and bring in more sensory into our life, right? So um, 
the whole point of Tantra is to reach enlightenment, which what is enlightenment, right? We're like, okay, what does that mean? All it means is to uh, free yourself from suffering. So we want to start to free ourselves from suffering. And what we learned is that sexuality or sex is a great way to get there. <laughs> that's right. Right. It's a really good way. To get there. <laughs> but, that's, but that's not the only thing, right? So if you go back into uh, Tantra also includes a lot of meditation. Um, it includes movement. It includes connection. Like I was saying, it includes all of these different pillars that we bring in together. So if you want to start to experience a better life, you have to start to ask yourself, what could I do right now to make this even better? And it can be anything in life, right? And so my idea of, I always kind of explain this, like going to the beach, say you're going to the beach and you're like, it's going to be a great day. And you park the car and the car is kind of far away. And you're like, it's cool. And you walk all the way down to the beach and you get on the beach and you're like, oh no, I left my beach chair. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, dang. So at that point you have a choice, right? You're like, I really want this day to be great. But you know what would make it really great right now is if I went back to my car, which was two miles away and Mm -hmm. got my beach chair. So what is happening there? There's a struggle. Am I willing to work through the struggle to bring myself back into a place of bliss? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm going to do it every time. But that means you have to start to choose yourself. So not only is Tantra bringing you self-love, self-respect, It's also allowing you to move energy through your body. So that's another aspect of it. The the mantra and the meditation is moving the energy in your body on a cellular level. Right. So when you start to move the energy on a cellular level, you start to break free things that you've been holding or storing within your body. And then so that's how things start to move. And then during sex, which sex or like a relationship in general is like the quickest way to have those breakthroughs because relationships will show you what you want to see regardless if you want to see it right so the thing is with relationships is am i going to learn from what i'm seeing or am i going to keep repeating the same story over and over again right yeah the lesson will repeat until we get it so tantra is all of these things mixed together yeah. So that kind of yeah. Oh yeah. Quick yeah. summary. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, and I I will say like just from a this is the first time I've done like an actual specifically tantric yoga uh, practice was today mm-hmm. to prepare mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always been interested in it, and I will say like we I was doing um vinyasa flow first, and then I kind of like did this today. But I will say like the movements was a lot more different it felt Mm -hmm. more fluid Mm -hmm. it felt a little bit more kind of like in touch with like my body and kind of Mm -hmm. like just however my body wanted to go rather than working on specific poses and working on specific parts of my body right which I love to point out that you know your sexual energy is your life force energy and and again what does that mean so Mm -hmm. your life force energy is the energy that we use to create new humans Right. But if we're not creating new humans, what are we doing with it? We can use it for ourselves. We can use it and just use that energy to create our lives. Right. 
yeah create what we want to manifest like all of that so using that same sexual potency but for ourselves and then for the people that surround us now we're getting a little bit into sex magic here oh a little bit (laughs) (laughs) which i think we'll save for another episode (laughs) (laughs) but um since we're on the subject i have got my tea are you ready to spill I love that. I am ready to spill. Let's do it. Oh, goodness. Okay. So my story is, I will call it my hoe years. Okay. I'm everybody familiar. should have them. Yes. <laughs> I recommend them to everybody at any age. Right. So I, and I want to just say that again, like at any age, you can be a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be okay. It was funny. I was at the coffee shop the other day and this grandma comes in. I know her. She works with me and uh, <laughs> she had her granddaughter and she was paying me in ones because she works at the coffee shop. And I said, wow, those are a lot of ones. And <laughs> she goes, I know I go, are you a stripper? And she's like, no sunshine. And I, and the, and then the grand, and then the granddaughter goes, she's too old to be a stripper. And I go, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I said, everybody has needs, honey. That's she right. Looked, she looked at me like I was so crazy, but true. Very true. Uh, so I was married for a long time. Uh, mm. Almost, I think it was 17 years I was married. Uh, and then I got divorced. And I was like, dope. No, <laughs> freedom (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was such an awakening for me because I've actually never been single so the first time I was single was age 34 oh wow yeah because I was a child and then I was in a relationship I had a child and then I got married there was no like single sunshine until 34 so when I was 34 uh, I, I was single and I was like, oh, all right, a whole new world, right, is going to open up. So the first thing that I did is I went back to an old lover from my teenage years, right? Okay. And I was like, cool, this is going to be great. And so uh, me and him slept together. It was really good. It was really passionate. And he turned out to be such a dick. <laughs> He was so mean to me. He he uh, he didn't tell me he had a girlfriend. She found out. She called me. She was like, oh, "No, uh, yeah." She threatened me. She told me she would cut me and my children up into little pieces. Uh, it was super super scary. <laughs> oh my God, so, I know. Uh, I Why are you like- mad at me when he was the one that cheated on you? I had no idea. <laughs> exactly right. Why are you mad at me? I'm We're in this together, sister. Exactly. <laughs> He was so mean. There's a song. Uh, there's a song. What is it called? Oh, uh, what is it called? Something like, I don't give a fuck about you or something, something, something. <laughs> he sent me that song. It was wow. so mean. He was so mean to me. Petty, so, childish. Oh, very childish. So I think like when we first become single or like when we first we, like have that permission to try new things, we want to kind of like fall back to like, what we know because we don't want to really go out and like experience the world yeah well I think that's a lot of like why people call their exes because they're like oh well that was cool back then maybe it's still cool now yeah but I also feel like 
oh, then in my mind, I was like, oh my God, I get to have sex. I get to <laughs> see new penises. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I get to feel holes. Like I was so excited. So, um, so I just started searching, right? And I was like going on this mission and I was like in for anything and everything. And I wanted to feel like as many men as I could. This was my thing. And I also wanted them to be tall. I also wanted them to have lots of muscles. I also didn't care what race you were. And I just wanted to be like ravished, right? So in my mind, and I was really screwed up in my head at the time, I just wanted to be noticed as sexy. I wanted to be like the most sexiest woman alive and the most sought after, right? This was my <laughs> desire. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can relate to that <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> you know, I was like, why not? And so I did, I became that. I became very sexy and I became very desired, but I only became desired for sex. Yeah. Nothing else. And so during like a, probably like a year and a half, I slept with sailors because I love sailors. Uh, I <laughs> My grandpa was a sailor. Hey, no. <laughs> hey, grandpa. What's up, grandpa? <laughs> He's dead with- though, so oh, probably sad. not gonna not gonna have any time soon <laughs> for you. <next> lifetime. <laughs> I slept with uh, military men. I slept with very like young men. I slept with uh, professional strippers. I slept with porn stars. I slept with men with heavy accents, right? Because accents are <laughs> adorable. Oh, Hell yeah. Um, I slept with like super skinny, nerdy men. I slept, I tried to sleep with old men, but it wasn't my thing. I, just, <laughs> I can't do it. No. Okay. <laughs> Preaching in the choir there. <laughs> I really tried. (laughs) No, not going to do it. So I use uh, the dating app Tinder. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you ever get swindled? Wait, what do you mean by that? (laughs) There's a new show on, on, on Netflix called the Tinder swindler. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's about this like epic catfish situation. I won't go into it, but I did not. That's where the, that's not. where the book came from. That's hilarious. So <laughs> I feel like uh, a lot more men get catfished than than women. I've kind of noticed during my studies. No, <laughs> <laughs> my my statistical analysis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the good thing about my experience with Tinder is that I lived in Hawaii at the time. Oh wow! And everyone's gorgeous. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So I was like in heaven. I was in paradise heaven. Like everyone was gorgeous. Like I couldn't, the the men I was sleeping with, like people were like, how the fuck are you doing that? And I was just like, I don't know. It was a good time. It was amazing. So like hands down, just like gorgeous gorgeous man it was a good time I had so much fun and I was just like wild and free and just roaming around and just experiencing everything I never experienced Mm -hmm. uh my creativity went through the freaking roof so I guess because I was so sexually open like because I'm a dancer my dancing became phenomenal I started writing novels I started drawing which I don't even know how to draw um (laughs) 
like my creativity was top notch, right? And I felt like I was on point. My body was solid, like everything was freaking on point, except the catch to all of this is that I felt completely alone. Yeah. And that I felt completely empty. And I literally hated myself. Yeah. And so that, that was the horror of it, right? Like, how can I be in the midst of all of this greatness and feel absolutely nothing at all? And so after all of that, I, I basically hit rock bottom. And that was really hard for me. Um, and what happened is that my creativity went away. Yeah. And so the reason that I got into Tantra, hands down, the reason I got into Tantra was how can I create that creativity in my body without having mindless sex with people? And so I had to figure it out and I didn't know Tantra was even a thing, but that was the question. And then Tantra kind of just showed up in my life. Yeah. Yeah. What did, um, what did rock bottom look like for you? Cause it's different for everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was a sad moment in life. <laughs> <laughs> you We've know i've been there it's a it's it i for me it looks like you know severe anxiety uh fear of the future um obviously just like depression like up the wazoo like everyone right. kind of experiences on a different level like whenever they're hitting rock bottom yeah. right so so the funny thing about hitting rock bottom when you're a single mom is that you can't um yeah or at least you don't want them to know, right? So you're supposed to hold all this shit together in your body, in your mind, and you're supposed to be a good mom. Yeah. Gotta save face for the kids. Of course, because they watch everything that you do. And so for me, I really had to start to confront myself because mentally I wasn't okay. And then that goes back to facing a lot of trauma that I had mm -hmm. that I didn't want to face. And so what did that look like for me is, is that I, I, I pull away from people when I'm upset. So it just means that what, what it looks like for me is that I go deeply internal. Mm -hmm. And the only people that I talk to is my children. So yeah, I'm full of anxiety. I probably sleep a lot. Um, then, <laughs> then we had to move to Seattle. Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I lived there for six years. It was so cold and depressing. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> From Hawaii? Damn. I know. It was terrible. It does not help with your depression. No, it does not. <laughs> no, mine got no. worse. That's why no. I had to come back to California. It was uh, so bad. Yeah, I um Seattle is not my favorite place. Uh but it's they, pretty, they, but it's it is pretty. You know, in Seattle, they taught me how to whether it's a grow backbone because they're so rude. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I was coming from Hawaii and I was like, aloha, like all <laughs> chipper. <laughs> and they were all uh-uh. And I yeah. was like, wait. They're like, you're way too nice. You need to stop. So they did teach me how to like 
set those boundaries actually that's what i learned in seattle how to set boundaries yeah yeah so that that was my rock bottom moving to seattle <laughs> damn <laughs> don't do it don't do it <laughs> no i'm just kidding i actually i, I love i still have friends there but yeah i i, I wonder why half of them are still there because number one it's so expensive there. I just visited like a year ago and all the buildings that had sprung up just in the, in the like three or four years that I had been gone since then. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I was like, this is a completely, completely different city. I know. Every time I go back, it just makes me more sad. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> That's it is. Yeah, definitely. So but how did, um, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to ask like, so how did, how did you transition from like Seattle and, and getting back in touch with yourself into where you are now? Where is it? You are now, Texas, New Mexico, New Mexico, <laughs> yes. it was Southwest somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> also crazy, but there's lots of sun here. So the cool thing about Seattle was, um, that they didn't have in Hawaii was spring. Mm-hmm. and I've never seen a spring and so that I think transitioning from that actually helped me um kind of bloom and blossom in my own shit right mm-hmm. and so it was not that was one thing that I really loved about Seattle it's just the flowers and the trees and everything is just everywhere right for about so, six weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> But it's gorgeous. I would actually like drive around and like stop where I saw flowers and take pictures. It was crazy. Um, Yeah, but I learned that. (sighs) What I learned is that no one is going to fulfill me Mm -hmm. if I'm not fulfilling myself, right? If I keep expecting someone to love me, but I don't love myself, that doesn't make sense right? You can only love, you can only love as, you can only receive as much love as you give. So if I'm like, why does anybody love me? It's because I was like not connected to myself at all whatsoever. Yeah. So over the years, I really had to look at myself and really had to like talk to my soul. Like, why do I hate myself so much? And it goes back to just a lot of my upbringing, right? Like being biracial, not being accepted, always being an outcast. Uh, I used to consider myself trash. Like I remember calling myself trash for years. I always referred to myself as the dented can in the grocery store that was in the back shelf, like like deep, deep embedded just hatred. I used to tell people I was born in a trash can, like all kinds of terrible things. What? Yeah, it was, I was, <laughs> I had a hard upbringing. Shit runs deep. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's interesting how that affects how you feel sexually, right? Mm-hmm. And so sex is a really great way to challenge everything about you. <laughs> Because you, you could talk about sex and it'll right away, you'll get a reaction, right? It's yep. so direct. There's no plane. And that's why I love it because it's like the fastest route through your bullshit. Yeah. Because I could be like, how do you feel about sex? And just by your reaction, I'm going to know so much about you. 
And, and, and so that's what I did. I just started to use my sex. I, I kind of became known as like the solo Tantra chick. Like how can, <laughs> how can I manifest great sexual, like being very well fucked, being very um, satisfied within myself sexually without having a partner. And that was because I needed that for my own healing so that I could like myself. Yeah. And that took a long time. And actually, you know, what helped me <laughs> to feel really sexy was taking pole dancing classes. Like that was the beginning of yeah. like, of just like allowing for that flow to happen. Yeah, I, I love the kind of like this, this surgence of pole dancing that I'm seeing online. So many people are actually like getting more in women, men, mm-hmm. all gender fluid people. Mm-hmm. coming in and actually like using this like new kind of art form that kind of j- just became yeah. popular yeah and but really getting in touch with their bodies really getting in touch with oh, their sexuality yeah. and having a yeah. good time doing it I mean That's you throw fair. on those you throw on those six and stilettos you feel like that bitch <laughs> and your confidence goes through the roof yes and your strength like I have that was the strongest I ever was in my life I could never do pull-ups but when I was pole dancing I could do like 10 pull-ups no problem oh yeah and so that in itself like just the confidence of that and it was fun and you get to dance and you get to roll on the floor and it's kind of dirty and like you walk around in these little (laughs) tiny shorts and you're just like yes and like everyone's in there all sizes all colors doesn't matter and the place oh, yeah. that I went to was just like so encouraging. So you, of course you left confident. Like that was, that was such a beginning for me to love myself was yeah. pole dancing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I definitely think that for people that have experienced, you know, a traumatic upbringing or even sexual trauma, um, rape, things of that nature, that really understanding that it's not your fault, but also reclaiming that aspect of yourself that was perhaps damaged or taken away is such an important part of like healing, getting on with your life and really cultivating love and bringing it back into your, your wellness. Yeah. Into your being. And I think that reclaiming is so important And, you know, I've gone to sex retreats, I've gone to empowerment retreats, woman retreats, like all of these things I've done. And all of them are about, you know, reclaiming what is yours. I mean, I've been on display now, now that I'm in the sex world, um, I've been on display where I'm just orgasming in front of people. And they're just like, that's (laughs) so amazing. Like, that's so beautiful. But that like hearing that is like, oh my God, like, am, am I beautiful? Like, oh, that's, that makes me feel good. Like, I'm so glad that you can witness me and my gorgeousness, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think the reclaiming, like touching your body and just saying, this is mine and letting, and, and even like yelling that and screaming like, this is mine, it's fucking mine. It's not yours, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. And then really starting to understand that brings us back to the beginning conversation where you were like, why do you vet these people? Because this is mine, <laughs> it's mine. And I'm gonna be selective with who I want inside of it if I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Which, yeah, I think a lot of women, people, everyone needs to just, start to move from that force. Nobody should make you do anything you don't want to. Completely. Well, this has been amazing. 
Mm. I couldn't think of a better guest to have. Aww. You have been <laughs> such a great company and also such a great joy to have. And especially with this new project that I've, I've been doing that mm. it really need to bring more people like this into this realm because I think a lot of healing needs to take place for a lot of us and it's definitely a a journey it definitely is but we have to learn how to enjoy so I was talking to my therapist the other day and he was like you're drowning and I was like I know but you know what I'm really good at floating (laughs) (laughs) and he thought that was so funny and I was like no really like I could float for days no (laughs) (laughs) so I think even in the midst of drowning like if you can keep calm if you can stay focused if you can float then it's gonna be okay and if you can float you can swim exactly yeah well sunshine this has been amazing thank you again for joining us how can our listeners find you Ooh, (laughs) where can you find me Uh, (laughs) on my website sunshineryan.com on instagram and facebook at sunshine ryan tantra and i just opened a twitter page i think it has five followers and that is under the embodiment of sex I will follow you literally right now because <laughs> I've been I've been getting a little bit more into my Twitter lately. So yes. <laughs> I hear it's the place to be these days. You know, I'm I'm kind of in a in a place where I think that um, Instagram's becoming a little bit more passe. <laughs> Twitter's kind of like where it's at right now. Uh, yeah, you know, you want to speak freely about your sexuality, and, and it's interesting that the social medias want to really shut you down. Um, and we ain't having that. No. We ain't having that. <laughs> we ain't having it. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. This has been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon. All right. sure to check out the episode description for our guest social media links for more information on this show or to read my blogs on horror stories and a Damien's Guide to Sex. Or if you're interested in receiving a personal tarot reading from me, visit DimitriWild.com. Stay deviant. Remember, subscribing might not be worth it, but it's also not optional. <laughs>